It's Wednesday on Weagle, and that means it's time for some tailgate talk with Christian and Donovan, your go-to for all things college football. So get ready for a recap and a breakdown of all the college football scores, news, and predictions. So drop your tailgates, grab your playbooks, and get ready to talk some football. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tailgate Talk on 91.1 FM. I'm Christian Griffin, along with the soundboard magician Donovan Weaver. Obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> still learning. Yeah, I, I just there, so uh, just for y'all know, there's like four buttons you have to hit to turn on a mic, and I forgot just to hit one of them. So yeah, Sorry, he's trying to take me out. He told me he's not going to be here next year already, too. So okay, 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 let's calm down. So what were you, you were saying about the Braves? Though, yeah, just you? go Braves, man. I mean, when we were when I was typing my notes and had everything typed out. I had the notes saying, you know, hopefully the Braves are only a game back coming into today. But the Mets can't handle the Marlins. No, they cannot. Dude, I just – oh, it's just amazing to watch, isn't it? It is. I love – we love seeing the Mets do what they do best. And, I mean, I don't want to be that guy that talks, but, you know, it's, it's, a very, it's a very satisfying feeling. And speaking of Miami, the Finns, the Dolphins – Three and zero, very unexpected, and our Falcons finally pick up the first win of the season. I know Mariota got it done. A little twenty-seven, twenty-three went went to Seattle, got it done against uh, the Seahawks, and then also, yeah, the Finns three and zero. It hurts my heart. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people where I do not want to to succeed. I'm sorry, <laughs> I just don't want it. I, I can't handle it. I mean, whether you like him or not, dude's been balling. Dude's got some receivers out there. I think he's got Waddle and Tyreek Hill. At, top two or three in the league for receiving right now I don't know how he came back after that second half hit or the hit I, in the first half to play the second half last no week. yeah no obviously I mean the fact that he did is astonishing I just no I, I just can I'll give him all credit he is balling this year I just I, I feel like we've seen this before with two I, I need to keep seeing it though yeah and yeah. I, and all, but I think what helps him is that the talent at receiver is ridiculous. Hundred percent. So and they got a good O line, and he's got a good tight end. You figure that out with a quarterback. If you got a decent receiving core and a good tight end and a decent O line, you can succeed. Yeah, you can make a lot of things work. And yeah, he's been doing it. And then also, I want to give a quick shout out to my man Matty Ice, who went up and beat <laughs> Patty Mahomes. He outdueled him. Game-winning drive. He did. He did. He feels like that's what he's known for. He might struggle the entire game. But, yeah, you give him you give him two or three minutes left in the fourth quarter, it seems like he always makes magic happen. But, yeah, no. So, it was a good week in the NFL. And then, obviously, the Braves got the the Mets this weekend in a, in a pivotal series. Pretty much what's going to decide the division. Yeah, 100%. And then, hopefully that – hopefully um, Hurricane uh, – it's Ian, right? Yeah. Hurricane Ian, hopefully that – Misses Atlanta a little bit. I know, like, praying for everybody out there that's affected by that right now. But we'll see if that uh, series gets moved because of the hurricane. Yeah, hopefully not. I know Truist Park will be will be rocking. I lived about 15 minutes from from the park last year. So definitely know the, the vibe and the feel that will be around the park and the battery and everything. But, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the show. We're obviously going to start with the re- week four recap. Had a couple of good games going on then. Then, obviously, the favorite segment, who's hot and who's not. Feel like we have to have to include that. This one's a little bit different. We don't have four. We just got three, but they're pretty solid topics. Uh, then we're obviously going to go to the week five preview, and we're going to end it 
with the Tigers and the Tigers yep. here at Jordan-Hare. Talking about our favorite Auburn Tigers. They really played a sound game and got the job <laughs> done. But, we'll, again, we'll get into that later. First off, let's just start off with Clemson surviving a scare versus the mighty Demon Deacons. They win in overtime 51-45. Uh, Wake Forest's quarterback went for 337 yards and six touchdowns. Played out of his mind, just couldn't get the job done. What did you see in that game? It's funny. Last week, I talked about the quarterback concerns with Yui Galele possibly getting benched, Dabo possibly mentioning it. I feel like this is what Clemson's been waiting for for two and a half, three seasons. And I mean, if this is what this is what can can be a week by week thing, Clemson's scary. No, it was it it was. I know I, my favorite thing is to say like it's going to be a quarterback duel, and whoever has the better quarterback, or whoever whoever whichever quarterback plays. You, Usually is the one who wins, but that was actually a true quarterback duel. It both, was. both both players um, played amazing, and again, yeah, Clemson Clemson just by the hair of their chinny chin chin. I can't help but feel that Wake probably should have pulled it out, but you know, again, they didn't. And you know, credit to Clemson because uh, I think Wake's a really good team. They are, yeah. And I mean, it's hard to say that Sam Hartman lost that game, like you said, throwing for three thirty seven and six touchdowns. You didn't necessarily get out dueled. It's just, I mean, you can only you can only play on one half of the ball. And I mean, you put up forty five points against the number five team in the country. I feel like you should walk away with a win most more times than not. Well, what it definitely did for me is it made me excited for both Clemson's game against NC State, which was going to be huge anyways. And then obviously Florida State, kind of. I wouldn't say they're all the way back, but they're definitely looking. They're they're looking more like the old Florida State, not what we've seen over the last four years. So, and then they got weight coming in. Uh, this Saturday into Tallahassee. So two big games that we'll talk about here in a minute. But that also leads us into a big, big uh, SEC East matchup. Tennessee holding off a late surge by Florida. They ended up winning 38-33. I thought this game was done. I thought this game was over in the third quarter. But Florida just hanging around, kind of being, kind of being scrappy. Anthony Richardson looked pretty mediocre the whole game. But then again, that fourth quarter, trying to mount that comeback, just couldn't quite get it done. Hendon Hooker throws for 349, rushes for 112, three touchdowns. He continues to impress as the tennis uh, as the quarterback Tennessee. Well, what all did you see in that one? Well, I mean, it seems like you just took every single word of my notes right there. That was about <laughs> about every single thing that I had, um, other than three words: Hooker for Heisman. Yeah, I mean, if, if that if that wasn't a, a Heisman type performance, I don't know what is. I mean, that Florida defense really did look sound for a majority of the game. But it just looked like Hooker was one play ahead, one step ahead, knew exactly where to throw the ball, knew exactly where to put it. And again, I mean, I think for Anthony Richardson's standpoint, I mean, I think this was his best game by far. By far. Threw, threw for more than 400. Uh, definitely, definitely looked good. I mean, like you said, Florida hung around. Tennessee didn't really ever, I don't want to say they took their foot off the pedal. It was almost like Florida just seemed to all of a sudden like amp it up even more. And I mean, you know, five five point lead, five point win. You can say it looked closer. You can say it didn't. But that 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 hail mary at the end uh, had a little nervous going on. No, I definitely. If I well, if I was a Tennessee fan, especially given the way that game has gone in the past seventeen years, yeah. I, I I I would have been nervous, especially when Florida started out in that comeback. But no, Hendon Hooker. I don't want to don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but I'm pretty sure we've been saying in weeks past that Tennessee's got their quarterback now. And he just keeps on proving that he is that guy. He is, yeah. He, he's uh, he's legit. And yeah, again, I, I'd say right now you you got it. He's definitely in the uh, Heisman conversation. I, I, to be honest, I don't even know who the front runner would be, and I feel like he's just as good as any to look at. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't even know who would be either. I mean, I guess the the names of Bryce Young and 
you know, players of that caliber obviously take the stand. And I mean, Stetson Bennett, I feel like could easily, easily squeak in there in the top three or top four. But yeah, it was funny. I was talking with one of my Tennessee buddies a little bit throughout the game. And, you know, I texted him as soon as they got the onside kick. And I was like, no, no. And he was like, please, no. I know how this has happened before. Please don't let it happen. And I mean, thankfully, I don't want to say thankfully for Tennessee fans, it, it didn't. Um, but it was funny because it definitely it definitely brought some scares uh, into into Neyland. Yeah, no, I feel like it's weird because Florida didn't win, and I know that. So Florida obviously gets a big win in week one, and then they and then they stumble um, the the week prior, and then you feel like they lose this one again. But I I liked what I saw from Florida. I felt like uh, it was a little like little return to form, even in a loss. They just kind of proved that they're still a good team. They just they went into a, a uh, overtly hostile environment and and ran and ran into kind of a train and hung around and almost won. I feel like Florida almost did everything they could to win, but just and then just didn't. Yeah, I mean, ended up legitimately one play short, and I mean sometimes that's that's how you have to chalk it up. Yeah, it's one of those weird games where I feel like both teams played like both teams played great. And then, but like somebody had to win, and that was Tennessee. I feel like that's all all three of the matchups that we have here with Clemson and Wake, and then this game, and then moving on to Arkansas and Texas A and M. I mean, I feel like that was another game where, again, neither team played amazing, but it feels like it feels weird watching one team walk away with a loss. Yeah, no, yeah, it was weird. So A and M goes in, beats Arkansas, twenty three twenty one. Arkansas with a chance to take the lead with uh, around a minute to go in the game. Uh, field goal hits the upright, heartbreaking for him. The very top of the upright too. I was I was actually looking at it because I know they played in Arlington, so I was looking at it to see if the college goalpost height was different than the NFL goalpost goalpost height. It's not, but it's funny because I was looking at it and both are twenty feet high um, after the ten yard high crossbar. But it's funny if that cross or if the if the upright is one yard shorter, I think that field goal might be considered good just because it hit the very very top of the upright. And then came back down, but I feel like if if that was one yard shorter, the referee might have called it good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, this one kind of stunned me. Uh, I kind of as I've been high on Arkansas the whole year. I feel like KJ Jefferson played good too. I mean, he had a great stat line, and again, they just came up a little short. I mean, Arkansas won in pretty much every stat except the turnover battle. A and M did have a fumble on them, which isn't that weird how the turnover battle more than more times than not you can look at every other stat. And whatever you want to, but usually that turnover battle—that's gonna, that's a real clear indicator who's probably gonna win that game. It is, and the fact that that fumble led to six. And I don't—I mean, I'm sure everybody's, most people have seen the play. KJ Jefferson, you know, I know you've referred to him as Cam Newton a couple times. I'm gonna, uh-huh. I'm gonna pump the brakes on that because he tried, but it didn't work out too well. Uh, dove at about the four yard line, trying to jump over the pile. Got, got met up, got stuck. The ball came loose, picked it up. A&M started running it back. One guy was getting tackled, basically lateraled it back to his teammate who took it like 88, 89 yards for a touchdown. And like what you're saying, it's, it's crazy how the turnover battle, even just just one thing, I mean, that's a 14-point swing of momentum right there. Oh, that, yeah, ultimately, left a, that could, could change the game completely. Yeah, because if y'all don't know, Ar- Arkansas is driving. They're driving on that. Like, they're they're in A&M territory. They yeah, they're at the four-yard line. Yeah, exactly. They, I mean, and then, yeah, and then that happens. No, it's just – it's it's just college football never seems to disappoint. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how else to say it. And then again, that one play pretty much decided the game. It did. So because I mean, if Arkansas scores right there, who knows? Maybe maybe they keep that momentum and then they end up you know 
keep on going. Maybe they beat A&M soundly, but it doesn't happen, and A&M's, they're the victors today. They were, yeah. And, I mean, you know, I think we're still both pretty high on Arkansas. Um, you know, we're both pretty high on K.J. Jefferson and his abilities, not only throwing the ball, but especially running the ball. And we're going to find out how good they are this weekend when they take on Alabama. Oh, uh, yeah, and we will be talking about it very shortly. Real quick before we go to commercial, how about a little, just a little shout-out to Kent State. I mean, putting it to the dogs yeah. a little bit. I mean, they look good. They I, did. I, I, we, don't, we don't even have that in our nose. We weren't planning to talk about it. I just kind of thought about it. Give them a little shout-out. Score 22 on Georgia and hung with them for a good bit. I know, like, probably Georgia wasn't up for the game, but uh, Kent State did a lot of things that a lot of other teams, that South Carolina and that Oregon couldn't do, and that was put up points on the dogs. Yeah, no, well – Back to Oregon, I was going to say another quick little shout-out. I'm sure sure a majority of the, the population here is missing him. Shout-out to Mr. Bo Nix for Oregon, leading a fourth-quarter comeback, scoring 21 points in just over two and a half minutes, or just under two and a half minutes, actually, to take down Washington State. Yeah, I about to say, we might we might have to write an apology to Mr. <laughs> Nix. Uh, I know – It's long overdue. Long overdue. A lot of – I know – and I'm one of them, uh, not publicly, but, you know, I, I, I kind of gave him a hard time. Uh, no, uh, Mr. Nick, I, again, I, I'm, I'm happy succeeding at Oregon. I figured he would. But we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to Tailgate Talk on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into Tailgate Talk on Weagle 91.1. And now it is time for uh, Christian's baby of a segment, which, again, against world renown, people have been bragging on it. Who's not and who's not? Well, who's hot this week, Christian? Well, we got three of them. We got three pretty solid ones. We're going to start off, just two little words here, rank Kansas. we got a basketball school no more. No more Jayhawk chalk in the arena, but put them on the gridiron. And Kansas 4-0, and they beat West Virginia in overtime, they beat a Houston team that started off ranked, and now Duke, they're looking pretty solid. Oh, no, they look very solid. Again, I, th- I think a big one, I mean, they beat, they beat West Virginia, who I feel like is uh, underappreciated, especially this week. West Virginia getting a huge win this past uh, was it Thursday? Uh, and then yeah, no. How how again? How are they not ranked? I I don't understand. I I don't see what the AP uh, poll voters look at when they do these rankings because I feel like at this point you got to show show the Jayhawks a little love, right? Again, I feel like the AP poll leaders, whether it's the preseason or all the way up until week four or five. It's got to be the easiest job in the world. I mean, it's easier than a weatherman because you can be wrong and just say, ah, oh, weather's unpredictable. Yep, it's unpredictable. But, but with this, you can just sit there and go, ah, well, yeah, yeah I don't know. That's, that's what I picked. And, yeah, again, it's kind of it's comical. I feel like there's, there's a couple things. Like what we've talked about, how, you know, Florida beat Utah and jumped from not ranked all the way to 12th and then all of a sudden laid an egg and ended up losing. But, yeah, shout-out to Kansas. Shout-out to Jalen Daniels. I think he's moved into the top five or six – um, in the Heisman race, he's got 890 passing yards on the year, 320 rushing yards, and a 15 to one touchdown to interception ratio. That's that'll get the job done. I'd say yeah, that'll get the job done. And look, and don't worry, Kansas has plenty of time to prove it. They have what? They have Oklahoma. They have Baylor. They have Okie State, Texas, Kansas State. They've actually got a really tough schedule. So, they do. so I mean, hey, if they can if they can get through that little trek with two, even three losses, I, I feel like people start finally looking at them. Which I feel like they need to start getting a little respect right now. But my uh, my hot is my boy uh, Chad Powers <laughs> walking on at Penn State. And just for anybody who doesn't know, Eli Manning is actually one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. So I I ate this segment up. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, if y'all don't know, Eli Manning went undercover 
at a at a walk on tryout for Penn State football as a quarterback and kind of went in there and kind of dealt. He look, did look good. Yeah. Look, look, little former self action going I mean, on. It's hard not to look good when you're Eli Manning. I mean, I feel like you could pick up a ball and be able to do it, do whatever you want, put the ball wherever you want. But it's funny. They've done a couple of these segments, and I'm a big fan of them. Yeah. Whether it's like Chris Bryant at the JUCO, uh, the JUCO tryout, or um, they just did a Jimmer Fredette one at yeah. BYU. They did Jared Goff a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. That, that one, uh, they're all great. I love watching all of them. And yeah. it's just so funny seeing all of the the players or the try tryout ease. I guess that's what <laughs> they'd be referred to, just seeing like, oh, my gosh, like who is this guy? And what's funny is like – the funny thing is, like, Eli Manning is, like, he's 40-plus years old. He's retired. He's been out of the game for a couple of years. And he just goes out there and, st- I mean, still looks like he could legit go play on Sundays. Yeah, like, I mean, throwing, like, 50, 60-yard dimes. I just, yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, he's got he's got, he's got got two Super Bowl rings on his mantle for a reason. So, uh, just a really good story. I loved it. Yeah, it is. And speaking, speaking of quarterbacks, quarterback Trey Self. I don't know if you've heard that name. Not a very popular name. But um, it's got to be a pretty solid day when you only have to play a quarter. Uh, yeah, it must be nice. Yeah, uh, you know, going twelve of fourteen, two hundred and sixty-six yards, four touchdowns, as Stephen F. Austin beats Warner. You're not. You're going to hear this correctly. Ninety-eight to nothing. Again, ninety-eight to nothing. I don't even know how like something like that happens. Like, how, <laughs> no, number one, usually you don't get the high scores. I mean, you figure like a Georgia might could do that to some really small school, but you take the foot off the gas, right? And then, or maybe they get like a late touchdown. How do you? I just how do you get beat that bad? Because even 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 if you go three and out, run the ball three times, that's got to at least take up a minute and a half, two, three minutes. You could do that five or six times. And that at least gives you a quarter of time of possession. But, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. It was 35 to nothing after one. And mm. I feel like that's about where you could chalk it up. Uh, Stephen F. Austin played four quarterbacks, all of which threw for a touchdown, at least. That's actually a, that's actually a really cool stat. That's got to be a record, probably. I, I feel like I, it's got to be. I, I feel like that's that's had to have never happened before. Four four different quarterbacks throwing a touchdown in one game yeah, for one and team. It's, and it's crazy because it's not even like Stephen F. Austin scored with – 30 seconds left to get that touchdown. They scored the touchdown to give them 98 with six minutes and 17 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Mm. So they still had almost half of a quarter to play with. And it's funny because you see the score and you're like, oh, so close. You couldn't put up – we couldn't put up one more. <laughs> they actually failed the two-point conversion after that touchdown. So, oh, so they so tried to make it an even 100, which that, I feel like would have been would have been very satisfying. But I feel like for some reason that would have almost taken away from the 98. I don't know what it is, but mentally 98 just feels like more. No, it's like when Kobe, yeah, it's like when Kobe scored like what what was it, 82, 81, no, yeah. 80, sorry, yeah, 81. Yeah, it's just like that number, just like yeah. a statement number, not like a not like a almost like not like a clean like 80 or like a 90, but like you know, 81, the 98. I feel like the just I don't know, some of the human mind. I, I almost like that better than the 100. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it makes it look even more impressive. It's the same with with like shopping and stuff. That's why people do this is 9.99 or 9.98 rather than an even $10 cuz you're like, "Oh, Nine ninety nine. It's not even ten dollars. Yeah, it's in not reality. Even $10, yeah. Like what? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's same price. But uh, who who do you have for the not section? So we we've we've went over all the good stories, but now we got to go over some less than stellar stuff. Yeah. So my my first one is, what the heck is in the Utah water? 
I feel like that's a that's a big question mark that you have to ask nowadays, and it's it actually has nothing to do with football. It just happens to do with the spectators of the football game. So two weeks ago, there were claims that in the youth stadium there were some naked ladies walking around on the campus or walking around in the stadium, like not on campus, uh, but in the stadium. And that got tweeted out like a picture of, I saw a girl in her family and it was saying that this was her first time bringing her kids to her alma mater. She wanted to make them so proud and stuff. And that's what, that's what they, that was the image that they got out of it. Literally. Um, it's not something to joke about, but you know, the fact that they were able to, to walk into the stadium like that. Cause I heard, or I've, I've heard the reports that, it wasn't like they walked in and changed or took everything off. That was how they entered the stadium and nothing was done about it. I feel like that's a pretty bad look. And the look doesn't get any better. As this past week, there was a student who claimed to blow up a nuclear reactor if Arizona State were to lose. I'm sorry, if Utah were to lose to Arizona State. Luckily, they didn't. And that student was arrested because of that that statement. But, man, that's two crazy things back to back. I want to say, Utah, I just... I, I yeah I have no words for that like what, what what's going on up there like like come on like come on get get y'all's act together y'all, y'all got to be better than that but no two two kind of wild stories coming out of Utah I'm, hopefully there's not a third this week hopefully we don't have to put them back in the knots but yeah. I, I you never know two in a row uh, this is an interesting one this is from Yahoo News uh, two days ago report suggests Arizona State staffers leak info to opponents to get Coach Herm Edwards fired so I mean. Like to me, that that's insane to actually have your staff leak stuff to get you fired because that's your staff, right? Yeah, that's what that's what you hire. And also, Herm Edwards, he's been I mean, he's been at Arizona State, or I mean, he's been around for forever. He, I mean, he's a respected coach. Yeah. That, to me, this is just kind of like a out of nowhere story where you're just kind of you, you like it's almost like it's not real. But I mean, I mean, I don't I don't know. What do you think about it? Well, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that happened last week again. Herm Edwards. In the knot, in our knots for two weeks in a row, last week getting fired possibly in the end zone, following their lost, uh, their loss last week, and then yeah, hearing this kind of stuff now, it's like, I don't, I don't understand how you could do it. I don't know how you could, you could, metaphorically prey on somebody's downfall. I'm sure that there's, there's a couple opinions here, here on the plains that might, uh, might hope for something like that, which I mean I disagree with, but. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty trashy knowing that you're leaking whether it was play calling or any sort of system evidence or anything like that. That's a that's a big time big time troubling issue at Arizona State. No, yeah, it's very very just just biz- another bizarre story uh, to me. Uh, and since we've been doing this segment, I've I'm kind of shocked how many just bizarre things do happen in college football when you have yeah. to start looking into it. And you're like, this is a crazy sport, and people do some stuff. You're just just like you just like you're just looking at it with eyes open you you have like no words yeah well that's what's funny and that's why i first thought of it i don't even remember the the one thing that happened first but it is crazy you know you look at all these stats and you look at all the the rumors with NIL and um and transferring and stuff like that but you don't really look at look at little insider stuff or little whether it's good or bad and so yeah this segment definitely brings out the best and the worst of of college football and it is crazy here and what everybody will do for their job and you know for whatever it means to get a to get a w yeah bringing it to number three uh miami had a tough one against middle tennessee this weekend they did uh dropping one forty five to 31 against middle tennessee Ooh, that's that, ooh. and that the 14 point 
difference right there definitely did not tell the score. Miami got absolutely dominated on both sides of the ball it wasn't for close. all four quarters. It really wasn't as close. I mean, 14 points doesn't seem very close, but 14 points is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, it was not a 14-point game by any means necessary. And it doesn't help that the starting quarterback for Miami, Tyler Van Dyke, he was benched. And again, this quote that he released doesn't necessarily have to do with the benching. I just found it pretty comical. Put the two together. So last week, Miami played on the road, and, the, uh, and Van Dyke was asked about it. And he said that he liked it because Hard Rock Stadium, where Miami plays, quote, doesn't have a college football atmosphere, end quote. So he prefers to play on the road. Well, they lost to A&M. Come back home to a, I guess what's not a very college football-esque atmosphere, and then get the be- get the brakes beat off for you to Middle Tennessee. You end up getting benched. That's not a very good look for for Crystal Ball, for Miami, for Van Dyke, for the entire program. I about to say we came in. I came into this thinking, oh, 45-31, That's probably going to be the nod. Miami getting uh, blown out at home against Middle Tennessee, who was a team you think they would beat. And then yeah, Tyler Van Dyke. This stat line is just not very good. He 50% completion on 32 attempts, 138 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Just not an overall good game. And then again, when you hear those comments, it's it's almost like like you, you never want to root for somebody to do bad, but it's almost like yeah, like you know, you kind of had it coming a little bit with those comments. It's the same thing with all the A and M rumors going on earlier in the year. Where if we don't play players, and Saban's like, okay, the truth will come out and stuff like that. You see A and M lose, and it's almost a little bit satisfying as as a human, you know, someone that you know speaks negatively about other people or about a fan base or something like that. Again, you don't want to prey on somebody's downfall, but. But having that feeling of, I guess, fulfillment of, yeah, you got what you deserved. You can't say stuff like that, man. No, it's bad. I I feel like if you're if you're gonna be cocky like that, or really if you're gonna just say stuff like that again with the the A and M, um, what was it, the uh, Mike Man or whatever, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. If you're gonna say yeah. if you're gonna say stuff that's really just kind of edgy and that really stuff you just shouldn't say. Period. You better make sure you take care of business because if you don't, ooh. Ooh, it's just gonna. Mm, it just doesn't look good. It looks awful. No, it doesn't at all. And we're gonna take a quick break here before we before we run into the week five preview and talk about the Auburn Tigers. That's gonna be a very interesting segment. But you're listening to Tailgate Talk on Weagle ninety one point one FM. And welcome back to Tailgate Talk on Weagle ninety one point one. We're actually gonna change it up a little bit. We're gonna talk about Auburn right now. We're gonna wait for the week five previews. We're gonna talk about Auburn now because unfortunately. My my partner in crime, Christian, does have to leave after this segment, so I will be handling the previews by myself, which will probably be just not nearly as good with Christian's insight. <laughs> but we do. But uh, as always, our favorite segment is talking about the Tigers. So, and I, I wanted to do that with him because wow, do we have a lot to talk about with Auburn? Just mm, yeah, you want you want to start? I mean, I don't really know where to start. I guess I guess we can start off. I guess how the how Auburn started the game which was on a very very high and a very positive note I mean honestly if you're looking at it the first two drives or even the first drive I mean Robbie Ashford drove him down the field two fourth two fourth down conversions which I love I love seeing that and obviously you don't want to have that in the first drive you want to be able to take care of business but if you get down to a fourth and one fourth and two with a running quarterback who arguably has more speed than anybody on the field you know run that get the ball hand the ball off the tank Bigsby or do something to to get that first down, and they did, and ended up ended up scoring a touchdown. And that first drive, I remember, I texted you and was like, "Wow, that might have been might have been the best drive of the year." No, again, uh, Auburn. I mean, to be honest with you, 
I felt like it was the best. It was the best first quarter. First quarter you could have. I mean, Auburn jumps off to a fourteen nothing lead. Both drives look good, and yeah, you did have good starting field position on both drives. But still, I mean, we offense was moving the ball. It was humming. It just I I'm not gonna lie. I was stunned. I was like, this is a new Auburn team. Like Harson, he's got these boys playing. It's it's a, it's a new day. I might have been wrong just a little bit because when we got. A little deeper in the game, it didn't quite look like that. No, it definitely did not. Uh, I was making jokes that it seemed like Gus Malzahn was back calling plays because it was a zone read. First down, got to second and nine. All right, it didn't work that time. You want to try it again? Let's let's try it again. Ah, dang, third and 11. Okay, I guess we'll throw the ball, and it's either, you know, you get the first down or you throw an incompletion and you punt. I feel like that was almost the routine that – that honestly both teams got into for the entire the entire second half. Nobody scored in the entire second half. That's a that's a gross stat line. Whether you're an Auburn or Missouri fan or just a college football fan, seeing seeing zeros up on the board, you know, you'd think that it oh, it's a defensive battle. But it really wasn't unless you consider which honestly you probably could, that it was four defenses playing against each other in the second half. No, that's really what it looked like. Again, I'm not one of these people that has to have a 45 to 42 game to enjoy yeah, my college no, football no. again a 17 to 14 game on paper I'm not gonna lie I'm like that's fine with me but was it because it was just stout defensive play and the offenses had to earn it and the two touchdowns they did have they were like they were gritty drives and they, they had to really grind them out no 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 no, no. this was not very bad offensive play as we said last week uh, Missouri hasn't looked too good this year either so we Again, I, I remember saying last week, I wasn't expecting much, but I was expecting Auburn to kind of come at, out, handle business at home, be a little hyped up. And it looked like that for the first quarter, and then you don't score again until overtime, and that's a field goal at that. And, I mean, I don't want to say that it was a lucky field goal, but if, if Missouri doesn't jump off sides, then this game could have been totally different. Uh, well, this game should have been different for a number of reasons. <laughs> uh, someone told me, and they might be right, this – could be the luckiest Auburn win ever. You can throw out the prayer journey here. You throw out the uh, you can throw out the miracle. Throw out all that. Um, no, just the sequence of events. So Missouri has a chip shot to win the field goal. They have a very good kicker, by the way. I think he was like eighty nine percent for a career. He's a senior, so stout kicker, chip shot, extra point. He misses it. Okay, we go to overtime. Auburn doesn't get a first down in overtime. Carlson goes to kick it. He misses it, but Missouri jumps offside. So you get the you get the another retry, and he makes that. So you're up 17 to 14, and then Missouri busts through your uh, busts through your defensive line on a run. The guy's about to score, and I'm serious. I don't know what happened because it didn't get knocked out. He dropped it. He just straight up dropped the football in, yeah. in in the end zone, and they fumble. Auburn recovers and they win the game. It's one of the weirdest innings to a game I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, I think we've said this a couple times talking about games. Hindsight's 2020. When we were watching the replay. He's got the ball in his left hand, is running towards the sideline, trying to beat him to the pylon, and he does, but he's, his momentum's still carrying him out of bounds. He looks down at his feet at, while he extends the ball to his right hand. Obviously, that falls out. Auburn recovers in the end zone, but yeah, like what you were saying, that's that's a really good point that it might be arguably Auburn's luckiest game ever because even, again, when you look at I guess, quote, lucky plays, prayer at Jordan Hare, kick six, you at least put yourself in a position to win. And those are plays, you know, obviously you got to be, you got to be, be lucky to be good or good to be lucky. I guess both cases work. 
And this game definitely was not one of those. You got to be good to be lucky because that game wasn't a game where Auburn had really put themselves in a position to win. It was Missouri lost it for them. No, so me and Christian were actually texting kind of throughout the game. Not a, not a whole lot here and there we would text. Again, not a whole lot to text about during the game. But about when things were ramping up, I started off, I just said, wow. Christian <laughs> goes, this is incredible, honestly. I responded back with, wow. And then and then Christian's like, what, what is happening? And then I said, shocking, wow. I, I started off with, yeah, wow. Just like that's, about, yeah, that's all it's needed. I about to say I just I kept on saying wow, but that's literally what I was thinking. It's the first game in history where I've watched Auburn where I was also nervous, but I was shocked. I wasn't even screaming because I'm, I'm a really passionate fan, but I was just sitting there like in shock, like this is almost comical. This yeah. is like this isn't happening. No, it definitely was. I was I was with my girlfriend at the game, and they missed the kick, and like everybody was screaming, and I just kind of stood there, and she was like, "What is going on?" Like you're not like what like what happened? I guess you like didn't see it or whatever. And I was like, they missed. And she was like, oh, that, that's good, right? And I was like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> she was like, why are you? And I was like, just you know, just just let it play out, let it, because yeah, it was it was almost one of those things where it was like you weren't even excited. It was just like relief. It very very much relief. Like thank God, thank God, God was looking, God was looking down on us. I'd say I. God must like Auburn football to some degree because <laughs> that there's just there's just some circumstances where I can't even like how did we win that game? Literally, how did we win that game? Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, really I feel like that's overused a lot. How did this team win that game? No, go go watch what happened it, again. If you if you haven't watched, and I'm su- sure I'm assuming you have. You listen to us. You're an Auburn fan. I just I don't know. I really want, I I can't wait to go back and watch the replays and just again be in awe of what happened. But that does lead us. To another, another in my opinion, you don't want to say it, must win for Harson. He's got LSU coming into town, who I think is a little bit better than Missouri. LSU's a weird team, though. Like, they lose to Florida State. They looked awful in that game, by the way. Like, Florida State beat them pretty soundly. I know they only beat them by one, but Florida State could have ended up beating them by a lot. And then they and then they go into Mississippi State and kind of uh, put the brakes off State. And I thought State's a good team, so I don't really know what to think of LSU. And so Auburn's a six-point underdog this weekend. What are you feeling about that game? I feel like <clears throat> I feel like the the vibe that LSU gives off is almost very similar to what Florida State gives off. It's kind of funny that they played each other week one because I think of them as very similar teams. It's almost like they expect to be good every year, but you never have any idea what to expect in reality. And so, yeah, like what you were saying, we, we see them against Florida State, and other than that one drive, you're like, eh, all right, maybe it's, you know, it's definitely not the Borough LSU, it's – it's what it has been over the past couple of years, but then all of a sudden, yeah, going in, going into state, beating, t- you're taking care of them, uh, again, in pretty convincing fashion, and yeah, coming down here, oh man, I don't know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough. If there's one good thing that I cling to, it's that pro- the most progress is made in between week one and week two. College football teams will tell you that, and although you know you get the look of, well, this is going into week five, not week two. When you're looking at a starting quarterback, Robbie Ashford going in, last week was essentially his week one of, here, this is your game, rather than this is your drive or this is your play. This is a, this is your game, go play. I think going into what will be a much better environment, again, the 11 a.m. kickoffs always seem to have a lackadaisical environment, a lackadaisical play on the field, but a night game, Jordan Hare, Ashford's a starter. I, I think that 
what we will see from him will be much better than what we saw week one. And again, he didn't really look that bad week or against Missouri. He just he couldn't seem to find that big play. But what's been shooting Auburn in the foot is those mistakes, and he limited those. He did, yeah. Again, I just it's one of those things where I don't know what to think of LSU because they've looked bad this season and they looked really good last week. But again, you never know what's going to happen coming off a, a big win, and it's their second road game in a row. And then with Auburn, obviously, I'm just I'm I'm going to have hope till the end until until there's no reason to have hope uh, anymore. And I don't know. I feel like they definitely. I know we have the talent to get the job done. It's just I we haven't played a good game yet. No, and I feel like if you if you if you lose this game and you lose this game bad and you look bad, this season could be disastrous. I feel like this is a huge game. This is basically I think this decides the season. This game it is. I mean it easily could. And again, I feel like we're saying that almost week by week. The Penn State it's almost a must win. The Missouri okay now it's a must win. It's actually a must win. And then yeah. you squeak that one out I guess that's <laughs> I guess there's a W there but you know it's funny having a having a hot seat that Harson has there's not usually many situations to where you win and the seat gets hotter but I feel like that's almost what happened with Missouri and so again for the third straight week I feel like this could be like what you're saying this is a must win game for Harson especially I mean everybody knows where we head in two weeks Everybody knows what we have after Georgia, and then I mean, it, it, the road doesn't get easier. No, it doesn't. I, I want to. I don't want to go too much into this, and we we don't want to kind of go into this on a program. But I'm a little disappointed in the Auburn faithful, and I get it. It's hard. It's hard seeing that kind of performance on the field. But I actually heard a lot of people were like, "I hope we lose, so he'll get fired." Yeah, that's that's really awful. That's like that actually. That actually gets me – I want to say it like hurts my heart. No, it makes me angry when all no, my fans say that. I agree because, you know, not only are you hoping that a coach fails, but these are these are college kids. I mean, whether you have college kids or not, you know, you have a – you have a, a, a you, there's X amount of scholar athletes that decide to go play for Auburn. And because of one – coaching change or one decision that you hope happens you almost hope that your child or all of these other college athletes that play for Auburn hope that they fail along with them because it's not just the record that goes by the coach's name it goes by all the players too and they're the ones that are out there Monday to Friday putting in the work and everything like that so yeah hoping that hoping that somebody loses yeah it's 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 not only disrespectful but I mean I feel like it's I feel like it's a pretty. It's, it's, it's you should be ashamed if you honestly. If you're no, you should. Way. If you call yourself a fan of a team, and really, if you ever just you're hoping for them to lose just so somebody will be fired. To me, you're not a fan. Like that, just like your your credentials should be stripped. Like don't don't go for us anymore. Then, if you want us to lose ever, no. Like that, there should be no reason for you to cheer against your team, especially the for, especially if your reason is so a coach will get fired. Yeah, that's just. Dude, I mean, you can say what you want about Harson, and, and I, I've 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 tried to defend him a lot. Again, these last two weeks have been really hard to defend him, but he's trying to win. He's a coach doing his best, and just like you know, and until he's not the coach here anymore, I mean, he's my coach. I'm going to support him. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I mean, I don't want to go too much on a rant here, but think about what he's been through over the past six, seven, eight months. Again. 
last season, obviously not ending the way that us or he would have wanted. But then everything that went on in the in the, the preseason, how do you expect someone to recruit and be able to coach a football team when at the same time you're having to go home to your family and plead innocence essentially to them? I mean, I don't understand how how someone can – I mean, again, you obviously hope that the recruiting class from Auburn, from the name itself, will do – will do what it needs to do. But, it, I mean, I can only imagine how hard it is to go out and live your everyday life and do your job when you're getting attacked, not only on the field, but off the field as a human being. Yeah, I mean, again, you can say whatever you want about them. Uh, treated fairly, I, I know life's not fair, I get that. But uh, he, I definitely feel like he hasn't had his fair shake. But we're, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, again, Christian's going to be leaving us, unfortunately. But uh, we'll take a quick break. You are listening to Tailgate Talk on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back to Tailgate Talk on Weagle 91.1 FM. My partner in crime, Christian, has left the building, unfortunately. We're going to do a little quick five. I'm, I'm going to just do a quick little week five preview. It's kind of funny that we're a college football show, and we basically spent 50 minutes talking about everything but the actual upcoming games in college football. But, again, that's kind of what – that's what kind of – it's funny. There's so many storylines that have to do with college football, and literally we could sit here and have a 10-hour conversation – and, ha- and still have and still not go over everything within one week. What happens in this crazy sport? But real quick, so we got Okie State at Baylor. We got five ranked matchups this weekend. That's the first one you're going to see. Uh, Baylor is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, again, Baylor kind of hot right now. I, I think they'll kind of continue that. It's at Baylor. I'm a big fan of Oklahoma State. Real quick, I've always I've always been a fan of their uh, color scheme. I love the orange and the black. I've always liked their jerseys and their helmets. Remember when they had Brandon Whedon and they choked to let Bama in the playoffs? That was back in like 2011 or something like that. So I know kind of like a weird tidbit of information, but I got Baylor in that one. A game I'm actually super invested in. We have Wake Forest at Florida State. Again, six-and-a-half-point favorites for the Seminoles. Wake Forest obviously coming off a heartbreaker versus Clemson. And Florida State rolling, still undefeated. Again, I feel like, again, we say this a lot, I feel like it's going to be a battle of quarterbacks. And I've got Sam Pittman uh, out-dueling Jordan Travis uh, in in Tallahassee. If that game gets to be played, I hope it does. Again, Hurricane Ian kind of uh, throwing a wrench just throughout the the South. Uh, But... Hopefully that game gets played, and uh, I got Wake Forest and an upset there. Then we got a big SEC uh, SEC matchup: Kentucky at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a six and a half point favorite, even though Kentucky's ranked number six right now. Uh, congrats to Kentucky, by the way. This is their highest ranking in a while. Again, it just it impresses me to see what that staff does over there, and to kind of keep Kentucky contenders. Uh, big fan of the Wildcats. I got them in that one too. Um, I think. Uh, Will Levis again, the quarterback for uh, for Kentucky. I th- I think he's he's just really looked really sound all year. He's a good mature quarterback, and I've got him continuing to lead the uh, Wildcats. And again, another technical upset. And I think I'm going to stay on the upset train coming into our next game. We got NC State at Clemson. Clemson is a another six and a half point, just a bunch of six and a half point favorites in these in these ranked games. Clemson coming off a really, really, really big game versus Wake. NC State has looked really rocky at times, but they do remain undefeated. Two undefeated 
undefeated teams in this ACC matchup. And I, however, think this probably will end up deciding the ACC championship, this NC State versus Clemson game. Uh, again, don't want to don't want to call out any Florida State fans because I know y'all y'all are looking at y'all right now, thinking, "Oh, we're undefeated." Well, we'll see we'll see what happens with the Demon Deacons this weekend. I'm not quite enough to get, not quite enough to get ready to give y'all all the credit y'all think y'all deserve, but we'll see if y'all can take care of them. But no, I do I, I do have the Wolfpack another upset. They were actually one of my four teams in preseason that I had to make the college football playoffs. So I feel like I owe it to the Wolfpack to to take them to go on the road to beat Clemson. Again, Clemson's been just so so wishy-washy this season uh, with the quarterback situation. Defense has looked uh, iffy at times. Again, Wake Forest put up 45 on you. And again, I think Wake Forest is a really good team, really good quarterback in Sam Pittman. But again, I don't know. I got the Wolfpack uh, pulling, again, another upset. So that's three upsets I've got in our five games. And then the very big one, the the big one this week, we have Alabama at Arkansas. The Razorbacks coming off a heartbreaking defeat versus Texas A&M. Bama, of course, coming off a, a another easy win. Uh, apparently, they just, that's just all they play is just easy wins. And yes, I'm gonna keep on going with the upsets. Uh, I've got the Razorbacks, and I know people are probably thinking, "Oh, you're an Auburn fan. You're just saying that." Well, that's part of it. That is part of it. But I also think that Arkansas is just a. I think they're a really good team. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I think they have a great running back core. I think they have a good O line. KJ Jefferson is again to me one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. I've heard people say he's overrated. And he hasn't really had a performance this year that screams, oh, yeah, no, this dude's overrated. Even last week, it just it felt like Arkansas couldn't really get in rhythm. But K.J. Jefferson didn't play bad. He played good. I felt like he played good enough to win the game versus A&M. Just some unfortunate circumstances, especially that turnover that happened at the end. But, no, again, Bama, obviously, like every year, bringing back the Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young. I feel like they're always a favorite every time they, they step on the field. Oh, yeah, Bama's going to win. Uh, no. Not even a not even a question. Why are we even looking at this game? I think you should you should look at this game. And I think the key here is it's at Arkansas. You're going into Walmart Land. The Razor they're going to be fired up, and I know they're coming off a loss. But again, I feel like it's one of those things where you you can afford a loss in the SEC West. Everybody's just so good that you never really know what how things are going to play out and. I honestly feel like Arkansas is one of those teams. I feel like they're good enough to where they could run the table and make some noise, whether they end the season with two losses or whether that's a lone loss at A&M. I feel like this kind of decides Arkansas' season right here, whether they will be in the SEC championship. It kind of is a must-win game if they do want to end up doing that. Um, And then Bama, obviously – I don't know. I feel like they might be looking down on Arkansas even after that A&M game. I feel like it's just kind of circumstances could be for – a. Technical upset? I don't know. I know this would be an upset, but again, it's at Arkansas. They're a good team. Bama's coming in. Bam, Bama doesn't play good on the road. That just uh, the past couple of seasons, they've struggled on the road heavily. Again, losing to AM last season looked just awful at Texas earlier this season. Should have lost that game. Texas kind of blew, blew it. And then Texas losing against Texas Tech this week on a really wild overtime game. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the stars are aligning for the Razorbacks to get it done and put their name back into the uh, SEC West Championship talk. But well, that's gonna do it for me. Uh, sorry, Christian couldn't be here. Uh, 
was not really expecting him to leave. He had something he had to do. It happens in an emergency. So I know I kind of went through those previews really quick. It's just I'm used to playing off Christian, and this was my first time doing this. But thank you all again for listening. Uh, we will be back here next Wednesdays, Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Uh, you have listened to Tailgate Talk on Weagle 91.1 FM. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Tailgate Talk with Christian and Donovan. Tune in next week, same time, same place, Wednesdays at 3, for your weekly dose of college football.